Let's uh, grab our Bibles today. Today is, as we said before, today is Palm Sunday. And uh, I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 21. So why don't you go there in your Bible, whether it's on your phone, your device, or maybe you're kicking it old school today, whatever the case might be. Matthew chapter 21, and we're going to start in verse 1. Palm Sunday. This is the kickoff to what many people call Holy Week, and uh, this, is, this is the story of when Jesus, on Palm Sunday, made his way into the city of Jerusalem, and there he received, uh, for lack of a better word, he, he received a, uh, a champion's welcome, a, a king's welcome, if you will. And we're going to read about that today. But uh, this, this morning, I want to take a look at what happened right after this event. Because when Jesus, when Jesus made his way into Jerusalem, and it was a powerfully moving time, I'm sure, but something took place afterwards when Jesus came to town that I think we can be very challenged by. So as you can see, the title of today's message is When Jesus Comes to Town. Matthew 21, beginning in verse 1. If you're able to, would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word as we take a look at this together? We're going to start in verse 1. We're going to go to verse 15. Here we go says this, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you'll find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large, large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Now, here's where I really want to start my focus today. You ready? When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. And they asked, who is this? And the crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Here we go. Then Jesus entered the temple courts, and he drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things that he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. (laughs) What happens when Jesus comes to town? Jesus, 
I pray that your word would come alive in us. And God, that you'd speak to us today. And Lord, that we would allow you to do within us what needs to be done. That we would allow you to show us what you need to show us. And Lord, I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. So have your way in this place and as we look at your word. In Jesus' name. And we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. What happens when Jesus comes to town? So we're used to the story of the crowds welcoming Jesus and laying the palm branches uh, to welcome him there and their clothing and, and, and just it's, it's a beautiful scene where they're welcoming their king and chances are that they did not see Jesus' kingdom the same way that Jesus saw his kingdom. Uh, but yet there was this king's welcome that they gave to the Lord. But what I would like to do today is take a look at what happened after he got off that donkey. Because <laughs> it's probably not the first thing I would have done after being welcomed like that. Some of us would have posted it on social media. You know, selfie with the donkey. You know, hey. Others of us would have really soaked in the the good feelings that everybody got from, uh, or gave him from this experience. But Jesus, Jesus had an agenda. Jesus, Jesus did some things. And let me just say from the beginning, if, if we invite Jesus into our lives, then you need to understand that the Lord has an agenda that comes with that. There's some things the Lord wants to do in us and for us and even through us when He comes into our lives and into our hearts and into our homes. And, and so let's take a look. <laughs> let's take a look at what happened after Jesus arrived in Jerusalem. We just read it. Number one, when Jesus arrived, there were answers, finally, that were given to people. You say, Pastor, where do you get that? I want you to look again at verses 10 and 11 with me. Talking about answers. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. And they asked, okay, get this question. They asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. People had questions, what's going on? Who is this? What is all the ruckus? What is all the fuss? Why is all this going on? And the answer that they gave them was simply this is Jesus. May I tell you today that there is a city, there is a country, <laughs> there is a culture, 
that is incredibly confused today, searching for what is genuine, searching for what is real. There is a culture today that is so confused about everything. And I will tell you what the answer is. The answer is not found in in a government official. The answer is not found in your favorite candidate. The answer is found in Jesus Christ. We have put so much faith and hope in the wrong things. Oh, if we just elect a Christian, everything will change. Well, we've done that. We got the t-shirt. Now the t-shirt costs twice what it did before. Some of us, we put all of our hope. That was a lot funnier than you gave me credit for. Thank you very much. We, we, we have put our, our especially the, whew, yeah, let's go there. Especially that last presidential election. The body of Christ did not represent themselves well. Amen. Some of y'all accepted Trump as your savior. And I'm not bashing Trump, so don't send me that email. And we're not bashing our president either. What I'm saying is that we need to quit putting our hope in the wrong person. We need to quit putting our hope in a candidate. We need to quit putting our hope in legislation. Our hope needs to be in Jesus. There's a culture that's so confused right now. They need the right answer. We don't even know the difference between a man and a woman in our culture anymore. We saw six innocent people murdered. Tuesday in Nashville. And this culture wants to paint the real victim as the shooter because of their sexual orientation. Do you see where we're getting things backwards? That bothered some of you. The answer is not found in yet another gender. How many do we have now? 666, maybe? The answer answer is Jesus. Can God use other things? Absolutely. He could use the right candidate. He could use legislation. Praise God. Praise God that that Roe versus Wade got uh, overturned last year. Praise God for that. The babies that got saved because of that. But but listen, 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 listen. What What this world needs is Christ. They're so confused. When you see somebody addicted to drugs, they need Jesus. When, when you see marriages falling apart, they, they need Jesus. When, when you see people that are so hopeless that they want to end their own lives, they need Jesus. The answer, when Jesus comes to town, is him. In church, we're the ones that supply the answers to those questions. 
don't you be shy. Don't you be afraid to tell people the difference that Jesus has made in your life. I look around here. I look through here. I see how Jesus has set some of you free. I see how Jesus has changed your life completely. I see how Jesus has made a difference. Do you think that was just for you? No, that's not just for you. That was for a world that desperately needs Christ. You have the answer. The answer is Jesus. Who is this? And our culture is asking the same thing. It's Jesus. There was an answer when Jesus came to town. When Jesus comes into your life, you have an answer to our culture's questions. Secondly, there were some adjustments that were made. And I, I almost belittled this word a little bit, but I needed a cool word that started with A. So th there were some adjustments. There were some adjustments that Jesus made when he walked into the temple courts. Let's look at those. Verse 12. Jesus entered the temple courts and he drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers. And he overturned the benches of those who were selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called, by the way, it's his house. It's not my house. It's not your house. It's God's house. Amen. It's not the assemblies of God's house. It's his house. Amen. That was free. My house will be called a house of prayer. But you are making it into a den of robbers. So this begs the question, and I think it's been misinterpreted before, so let's straighten things out here, okay? Some people ask, why was Jesus so mad? It's because they were selling stuff? Well, it's part of it, but before our, uh, our ladies have a bake sale, and you're tempted to overturn the cookies... Don't do that. Okay? That's not what's going on here. Understand that at this time, there is a massive amount of people coming into the city for a big festival, for a feast. And they have come to worship the Lord and to sacrifice, present an animal for sacrifice. Some came from other countries, and if you've ever been to a foreign country, sometimes you have to exchange your dollars for what that currency is in that country. This is going on here as well. The problem is that this was a racket. That the rates that they would charge for exchanging money were so ridiculous that it was ripping people off. Not only that, but the amount of money that they would charge for a dove, for example, or for an animal to be sacrificed was so crazy that literally it could prevent some people from even being able to present their sacrifice, their gift to the Lord. And see, and that's what made Jesus mad. What made him mad? Not the buying and the selling. That could actually be a pretty good service. But when it gets to the point 
You ready? When it gets to the point where someone's worship is getting hindered, that is what makes Jesus furious. So there's a racket going on. Why? There's a commotion going on. We've got this man that they just welcomed on a colt singing Hosanna. They're giving him a king's welcome. And now this guy, another uh, version of the story says he even made a whip. And he is cleaning house. By the way, that takes a man's man to do that. If you think he was like a 100-pound English guy with blonde hair, bless you. No. This is a carpenter. This guy's... You, you didn't mess with Jesus. He's got a whip, and he is driving out the money changers, and he's driving out the people that are causing this racket. And see, here's the thing. He's so mad because anything that prevents you from truly worshiping God, that's going to cause Jesus to act decisively in your life. Is there something, someone, that is causing you to no longer worship Jesus like you should? On the surface, it could actually seem kind of innocent. Could it be that your desire to make money is causing you to be distracted from your worship? I've seen some pretty good people over the years here in this church. Annette and I and Jonathan, the three of us, we've been here 20-something years. I keep losing count. 22? Oh, yeah, you're 22. No, you're 23. How old are you? Who are you? (laughs) Yeah, he's a cute singer. But I've seen a lot. And I've seen people not allow themselves to move those distractions away so that they could properly focus on Jesus. And some aren't even serving Christ anymore. You've got to allow Jesus to be decisive. And <laughs> did you see what he overturned? The, the bench... What's the purpose of a bench? It's so that you can get comfortable, right? Like a seat, like a chair. And he overturned the tables. For a money changer, what's the purpose of a table? It's it's something that you count the money on, correct? You know what Jesus turns over? He will often turn over those things that you've gotten comfortable with and those things that you've counted on for a long time. Let's try this side. (laughs) Jesus will overturn the benches and the tables in your life. And some of those things that prevent you from really worshiping Jesus, you've gotten really comfortable with that. If you really want want Jesus to come to town, he's going to turn that over if it stands in between him and you. Are you hearing me today? There were some adjustments. <laughs> adjustments. Yeah, Jesus made some adjustments. Could it be? Could it be that when we say, Jesus, I want all of you, Jesus, come into my life, Jesus, do this? When we say that, we are also saying, Lord, please help me 
to make the adjustments that I need to make to worship you like I never have before, to serve you like I never have before, to follow you like I never have before. Somebody say amen. Amen. Thirdly, I'll go quickly. At least I said it. (laughs) Thirdly, we see the amazing take place when Jesus comes into town. This is kind of wild for me. (laughs) Jesus gets off the donkey, heads to church, cleans house. I mean, cleans house. And then, look what happened in verse 14. It says this, The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. Jesus right away wants wants all the distractions were moved. Then the amazing happened. Once we allow... Jesus to move those things and we might have been comfortable with them and we've counted on them for years and we've gotten used to them for years and they've been part of our life for years but in all honesty they're just distracting us from everything that Jesus truly has for us they're keeping us from God's best but once we clear the way for God's best to take place in our lives that's when we see signs and wonders that's when we see God move in your church like never before. And I will tell you, by the way, his presence is moving in Bethel Church in a way, in a powerful way lately. And I just say, Lord, more, more, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Let your glory fill this place, Lord God. Do the work that you need to do in this place, Lord Jesus. We are not afraid of you, Holy Spirit. We long for you to do the work that you need to be done. So, Lord, heal bodies and restore families and set the captive free, Lord Jesus. Bring the lost to a saving knowledge of you, Lord Jesus. That's what we need. That's the amazing. That's the, that's the miracles that we want. But that happens first when we allow them to come to town. And we even let them overturn some things that we've had established maybe in our lives for a while that really aren't spiritually healthy. Do you need a miracle from God? Now, God can do anything He wants to, and He'll do it whenever He wants to. But I've seen that Jesus tends to move His best when the house is clean. I'll say that again. When His temple is clean is when Jesus moves His best. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We cleanse us. We cleanse the temple We say, Jesus, I make myself clean, not just for Sunday so I alleviate guilt going into Monday, but Lord, every day, every day, I want to walk in holiness and please you, Lord Jesus. Cleanse me on a daily basis. Every day, Lord God, sanctify me so that I may become more and more like you, closer and closer to you than I was yesterday, and God, tomorrow, do it again. And that's when the amazing takes place. Today, We can come to Jesus through prayer for our miracles. I believe he does it. I've seen too much. I've I've seen him do too much. I've seen him heal bodies. I've seen him. 
I've seen him save people that I wasn't so sure they would ever give their lives to Christ. And then look what the Lord has done. The Lord's able, I've been saying this a lot lately, the Lord's able to exceed our prayers. And that's my prayer. Lord, here's my prayer. (laughs) Top it, exceed it. I got quite a creative mind. Just ask my family. Dangerously creative mind at times. But then when I know that Jesus can surpass my imaginations, wow. All right, Lord. All right, Lord. That's what I want from you. I want the amazing. Book of Hebrews says this. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You can boldly come to Jesus again even today. Finally, I'm going to close with this. And, and this is, we were doing so good. But I got to throw this in here. Verse 15, there's going to be a little bit of anger. When Jesus comes to town, can you picture this? All the religious people, not thrilled with the whole donkey ride. It's like, what is going on? And now this guy, he just trashed the place. And now the same guy is healing all these people. And this is what happens with the religious is that when Jesus begins to do things like this, look at verse 15. It says, when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things that he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Let me read a verse for you from John chapter 16, verse 33. I don't know that I have it up, but I want to say it to you. I've told you these things, Jesus told his disciples, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. You you will have trouble. Let me 21st century that a little bit. In this world, you will find grumpy people. You, <laughs> you will find people, people always have an opinion. Always. Some good, some bad. God's filter just kicked in because I had a good filter or opinion joke, but here we go. Thank you, Lord. But sometimes the opinions of other people will dictate just how fervently we pursue Jesus Christ. You're too loud. We like our worship boring. Can you imagine the book of Acts, if everybody had that type of mentality? The lame man, lame from birth, gets healed. He is, he's not saying, hallelujah. 
this dude, this dude is jumping and leaping and praising God out loud. And see, you would too if you knew what Jesus saved you from like that. If Jesus did a work in you, oh, you'd be jumping. Even some of you non-jumpers. And I'm not trying to get everybody into some kind of religious lather where we're all just, you know, ah! Okay, so I'm not saying that either. And I'm not even saying that loudness equates spirituality, by the way. Because the loudest boxcar in a train is usually the emptiest. Uh, man, I, I just, wow. We'll unpack this at home. Um, but sometimes, sometimes we, we allow what other people are thinking to keep us from really worshiping Jesus. We allow what other people are thinking to keep us from telling somebody about the Lord. We allow what other people might say or might think. And I think I've gotten to the point, maybe just because I'm getting a little older, I don't know, but I'm to the point where I don't care anymore. I don't care if uh, I know who I am in Christ. And, and do you know how liberating that is? Yes. We used to preach this just to teenagers. Then I realized that some of us never got over it when we were adults. We were still afraid of what other people thought. Just in our personal walk with Christ, we're, 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 we're so nervous. What are people going to think? And, and I, I promise you, you ready for this? I promise you. Any stride that you make for the Lord, someone's going to have a negative opinion on it. And oftentimes, it's going to be people that come off very religious. Let there be a sign to you that you're doing something right. Now, again, you know what's great here in this church? You've got a pastor who believes in the moving and the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is a safe, biblical place for that to take place in here. So we're not going to break out the snakes and whiskey. We're not going to do weird, you know, unbiblical things. We're not going to... But you know what? You know what? At the same time, we just want God, what God wants in our church. I want what God wants in my life. And if somebody has a negative opinion on that, I just know who I am in Christ. I love Jesus. I love Jesus, so I'm going to worship him. I love Jesus, so I'm going to give to him. I love Jesus, and so I'm going to serve him. I'm going to work hard to serve him. And when somebody says, oh, what's that worth? What, wh why are you doing all that? I'm doing it for him. And that's all I need. Don't allow, do not allow anything to stop Jesus from making a triumphal entry into your life. I'm afraid of what somebody will say. Forget that. Don't worry about that. That will, li that will liberate you. I don't know who you are, but there may be somebody in here, you've been alive for a long time and you have allowed the opinions of other people to stifle you from doing anything great for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, be free from that. In Jesus' name, be free from that. The only opinion that really matters is that of Jesus Christ. That's the opinion that matters the most. I'm not saying be apathetic. What I'm saying is let's be obedient to the Lord. And let's not allow... Because 
I got to close. Jonathan, if you can help me out. Because here's the deal. I promise you. I promise you. If you allow the opinion of somebody else or the opinion of other people to stifle your spiritual growth, I promise you that will happen again and again and again and again. That trap will be set for you again and again and again. And I'm telling you, I'm in the people, quote, business, okay? Some people will have a great opinion of of a message of mine. Others, (laughs) maybe not. And the problem is sometimes the message of one negative person can be louder than the uh, positive opinion of a hundred positive, uplifting people. Do you hear what I'm saying? We cannot allow the negative to overpower the positive in our lives. We cannot allow the religious to stop us from what is genuine from a move of Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming to town. Jesus is coming to this church. Jesus is coming to your life. And when he comes, he has an agenda. There's a culture that needs answers. And Jesus has equipped you by his Holy Spirit for those answers to be given to a lost generation that desperately needs him. When Jesus comes, he's going to make some adjustments. He's going to make some changes and some of us don't like change we don't like our tables being tipped over we don't like people messing with our bench let alone Jesus but when he when he starts moving see that's when the amazing takes place and and when we say okay Jesus whatever adjustment I need to make in my life that's when that's when that's when we see the amazing. That, that's when we see a fresh move of the Holy Spirit in our lives. For our church, let's, let's have it happen in our lives first. Oh, that was good. You want, you want a fresh move of, of the Holy Spirit in your church? Let's say, Lord, move in me first. Move in me first. Move what needs to be moved. Adjust what needs to be adjusted. Turn over what needs to be turned over. And Lord, I want to see the amazing. And yeah, some, some grumpy person's not going to like it. Some angry person's going to have an, a, a negative opinion. But Jesus, that's not going to stop me. So Lord, come. Come. And do what you need to do in my life. Can you say amen to that? Will you stand with me? Did you get anything out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just sit in this presence just for a few moments before we go? Jesus, make a Make a triumphal entry into my heart, Jesus, like never before. Do something new in my life, God, like never before. Jesus. God, give me the boldness and the grace and the love to share that you are the answer. God, move whatever needs to be moved in my life so that I can see the amazing come. 
And I refuse to let anyone or anything stop you from coming in. Is that your prayer today, church? I'm going to give you a chance to pray that prayer to the Lord. And maybe, maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit has said, hey, uh, there, there's some tables and benches that we got to move here. Because I want to do something amazing in you. But I need to move some stuff. Will you allow him to move? Some of you don't want him to touch your stuff. Let him move. Let him move it. Let him move it. Let him move it. If you're afraid of losing it, trust me, he'll replace it with something much better. I promise you. I think that's the way I want us to pray. Lord, what needs to be moved so that you can make a triumphal entry into my life? So I'm going to pray, and when I'm finished praying, I'm going to give you the opportunity to either respond to the Lord. Maybe you want to come to this altar and pray. Maybe you want to pray at your seat. We're going to make this room a place of prayer where we will seek God. And we will pray, Jesus, do what you need to do. And when you're done... You can consider yourself dismissed, or maybe you just want to sit in his presence a little while. Do that. We believe in fellowship here. If you could fellowship in the lobby as opposed to the sanctuary, that way we won't distract anyone from praying. So Jesus, hear the cries of your people. And I'm asking you, Lord God, that you would just do something new in our lives. Make a triumphal entry into my life, Jesus. And God, if anything needs to be moved, anything needs to be adjusted, I pray, God, that I would allow you to do that so that I could see the amazing take place. And God, if some of us have been stifled by the opinion of somebody else, I ask you, Lord Jesus, that we would be freed from that in Jesus' name. Let us be free from that in Jesus' name. So move in your people. Even before you move in your church, move in your people. Meet with us now in your name. Amen. If you need to pray, do so right now. If God's released you, you can come.